welcome to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and uh, I'm ready to talk in all things Salford Red Devils. Paul, um, Paul Whiteside joining us, talking all things Salford Red Devils. Looking forward to this one, Paul. We're going to be talking about your, your Kevin Brown interview. It was a fantastic interview, wasn't it? Well, thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, I um, was hoping to meet Kevin a few weeks ago, but he got a bit tired up on that, and I was a bit tired up as well, you know, busy time of the year. But we, we met up for a coffee in uh, in Wigan, in the Costa Coffee, actually, the one we went to a couple of times in the in the playoffs. We had a good time in there, didn't we? Uh, so it's become a bit of a regular place for me now. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. He, he spoke really well. He's a very interesting guy. Um, very um, very down to earth sort of guy as well. Very welcoming, very warm sort of friendly fella. And I didn't quite know what to expect. You know, Kevin's played against Salford a few times, and I probably booed him plenty of times when he played for Witness. And I don't think he's been a real favourite with Salford supporters. I think his time at Witness and uh, at Huddersfield. But uh, no, I'm glad to have him at Salford now. I think he's he's been a good player and still is a good player. You know, played in the World Cup a couple of years ago in the World Cup final, and he's he's had his Bad luck with injuries, particularly last season. But he looks fitter than ever now, Rob. And you know, just just looking him in the eye, talking to him, he's, he seems really, really up for it. Yeah, and here's the interview now, Paul. You talking to Kevin Brown about playing for, well, looking forward to playing for Salford and his career. Right, I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Kevin Brown in uh, Costa Coffee in Wigan. Delighted to talk to you, Kevin. New Salford signing. How are you? You settling in at Salford now? Ready for the season? Yeah, really settling in well. Um, couldn't be happy with my teammates. Um, you know, I think that's probably going to be one of our strengths this year. How, how close we are as a group. Um, and, and from day one, everyone's you know really made me feel welcome, and, and all the new players feel the same. So um, the coaching staff have been great. We've done some some really really hard training. Um, and at the time it doesn't feel great but you know when you've got it behind you um, you feel really prepared and, and ready to go you were a vastly experienced player you played in big finals you played in a World Cup final does Ian Watson see you as, as that leader now to, to show some of that experience to some of these younger guys in the Salford side yeah I think so um, I think that'll be you know one of my jobs will be to lead from the front um, not just by talking a good game but also you know with my form as well and I think defending really well um, and, and just all the little efforts, I think that's what's got me to, to where I've got to in the game. It's not by, you know, the talent or the, the long pass or, you know, the stuff that's on the highlight reel. It's all the little little things, you know, the one percenters off the ball and chasing kicks and, and just doing things consistently well. I think that's where I'll, I'll try and lead from the front. How did your signing to Salford come about last season at Warrington? You spent a bit of time on loan at Lee, you had some injury problems as well. Was it the sort of Jackson Aces moving on to Wigan? Was that when you were approached by Salford? Or? No, to be honest, it wasn't. It was before Jacko left, and I spoke to Jacko. He, he was. We were both looking at, at going to another club, um, and and Jacko was saying, "Where, where do you think you're going to go?" And I said, "I'm not sure." I said, "In in, in this stage of my career, I, I don't really be want to be uh, moving my family um, to Yorkshire." And. Um, you know, it was Leeds who I was speaking to, and Jack I was speaking to them as well. And um, he, he wanted to know where I was going, and I was sort of saying, "What's your plans?" And obviously now you, you, you look back and he's signed for Wigan, and, and I signed for Salford. But I was really on and iron where to go. I didn't really know what to do. Um, you know, I was coming off a, a really long injury with, with rupturing my Achilles, and I wanted to get fit before I, I made any um, you know moves and proved to myself that I was fit. So it was great to to get three games under my belt but after speaking with Waterloo and Blasey I was just blown away with 
the, the detail and, and the knowledge they had about my game and the stuff that, you know, the, my qualities and how they'd use them. And I just thought, you know what, well, this is a perfect place for me to play well, uh, first and foremost. But secondly, that, you know, it, it's, it's a good thing for my family as well that I don't have to move and, you know, too far. And, you know, I, I'm with a group of lads and I, I know I get along with and I've played with before. I saw an interview with you on telly last season, I'm going to embarrass you now, you called them Salford City Reds, didn't you, when you when you first signed, I think it was at Warrington in the, in the Sky Sports Studios, and uh, when when you signed then, did you ever envisage Salford getting to a grand final, because after that we seemed to go on this, this crazy run, and you as an outsider looking in thinking I'm going to be playing with that side next season, you must have been really excited, you know, watching them in a grand final. Yeah, yeah, well... First of all, I'll, I'll, I'll just get, give you the reason for calling them Salford City Reds. Every time I played Salford, I go to that magnificent stadium, and in red, on the front of the stadium, it says Salford City Reds. So I have took a fair bit of stick about it, but... Uh, I think it's up to us to get the sign yeah, changed, yeah, isn't change it? Really? the sign, and then uh, you can start getting me some stick. But <laughs> no, the, um, the, 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 it was a bit of a roller coaster, really, when, when I, once I signed. I was, I was looking at results thinking, God, they're getting a bit close to the bottom here. Um, I think there were only a couple of losses on, uh, you know, falling into that relegation battle. And then all of a sudden, they just I think it was they, they got two a lot of here, they got Paul Rowley and a few other signings, and, and just just went on that magnificent run. And, uh, and in any sport, when you get on a roll and you hit a purple patch and your confidence goes through the roof, um, obviously they were doing lots of things right. And you know, on another day against another team, I think Saints were probably by far and away the best team in the competition last year but you know if they'd have come up against some other teams I think you know, on another night they could have been Super League champions so that's how close they were um, and, and I feel really privileged to go into a side who, who have just got that confidence and experience behind them and you know we can try and kick on from there now. Yeah, Watson's building a good reputation, well a great reputation I think it's all for him. he got rewarded by going on the tour with Great Britain as assistant to Wayne Bennett. How have you found Watto's influence on you? You know, did you play against Watto in your career? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not he's sure. He's a bit older than you, Watto. He's... he's a lot older than me, Watto. Um... I said a bit older. But <laughs> yeah. you said a lot older. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I do remember him as a player. He Attention to detail yeah, with him yeah. seems to be something that he really prides himself on. Incredible. Um, some of the stuff, you know. As a player who's played so long now, it's it's rare that I hear something different or something I've never heard before. But some of the videos we're doing and, and some of the, the the actual detail on the end of things, why we're doing them, it's it's been really refreshing. And Is he a bit like a rugby league scientist? Because he says stuff to me and it's like, wow, I've never heard that term before. Yeah, um, well, he's, he's so detailed and thorough. Um, it's almost an obsession for him, and I think in a good way, he. he you know, he, he devotes his life to the game and you know we, we video every training session we, we have stats on drop balls we have like, uh, we have embarrassing stats if, you, if you're a key offender dropping the ball too many times in training you'll be highlighted and um, there's no hiding places you GPS and, and that's pretty common but for me it's the attack uh, which is very very smart at not just getting to a point and playing but also manipulating who you, you'll take out of position you might think one back row is a really good defender so we'll get him out of position and attack somewhere else and, and them little subtleties that make a huge difference when you're in attacking as an halfback everyone knows the role uh, there's no grey areas and uh, you know real precise clarity so as an halfback for me I'm pushing everything uh, he wants and, and, it, and it's really easy when everyone else is on the same page you've been a thorn in Salford's side many a time playing for Wigan Widnes Huddersfield and 
what can Salford supporters expect from you next season? What, what, what are you going to bring to the table for them? You know, you, I'm not saying going to compare it to Jackson. He's, he's, he's gone now. Obviously, you've come in as a replacement. You're going to play in that scrum half position. What, what can we expect from you? Will you be leading the team? Are you going to be the general next season? You know, I'll, I'll be the general, and that's what I've always done. I won't be trying to do something that I've not done and, and try and do something that Jacko did. But I think one thing that Jacko was fantastic with was you knew he was going to compete and compete hard um, and I think that's the same for me it's, um, whatever game what, whatever type of conditions what you know if I'm playing well or not um, I'll be competing and, and I'll chase everything I'll, I'll you know run my blood to water every single game and and normally they, me, you know my qualities come out there so that's a, that's a guarantee for me that I try hard and I think you know it, it, it sounds pretty pretty like everyone should try hard but uh, it's not the case sometimes you know people can um, you know, get lazy or whatever, but that that won't be, you know, something that I'll ever do, and you know that's that'll be my guarantee to Salford fans that any game I play, whether it's a friendly or a, a grand final, that will just try just as hard. You played with some good half-back partners in the past. You're possibly looking at Tui Lola here next season, Chris Atkin. How have you found specifically Tui? You know, we played it in the internationals in the autumn against Australia. It looks absolutely awesome. What was he like in training? Yeah, well, I remember playing against Tui in 2017. I actually swapped jerseys with him after the, the semi-final, and he had a great game that day. And I spoke to Brett Hodgson. I'm really, really good friends with Brett, and he coached him at West Tigers in the um, the reserve side. And some of the stuff he said he could do, um, he said he's magical. He said if he can get his body weight down, he'd be an unbelievable player. And I think that's one thing that you know is a guarantee at, at Salford with, with Greg Brown and his conditioning that you're going to be in good shape. Uh, you're going to be in the best possible shape you can be in. Um, and he's just blown me away with how skillful he actually is. I think he compliments me really well in the fact that. I can create some space for him out on the edges and, and he's brilliant at you know, taking the chances. He's really composed on the edge but he's got that athleticism where if someone bites out he'll, he, he can step off both feet but he can also put the ball over the top or put it on his foot. So training with him has been a dream um, and, and yeah I will be a general but it's not to say I'll be doing it on my own. Two is, two is very careful in doing that as well so I think the more we have the better it'll be I think. You know, Nile Levels is quite a quiet guy, so it's up to me, Joey, and, and Tui, and, and Chris to, to be vocal. Um, but like I say, I think you know we, we all complement each other quite well. We've got lots of speed in there, you know, in Tui and Nile, um, and lots of experience in there as well with myself and, and Joey and, and, and all of them really. So I'm, I'm I'm happy where we're at at the minute, and I'm looking forward to getting off to you know pre-season friendly against Swinton next week How have you found pre-season training? Some players thrive on it some players are not so keen on it Greg Brown's got a reputation as being you know getting people into really good shape we've had a few players come in the last couple of seasons and supporters have raised their eyebrows saying why have we signed such a player and we've looked at those players down the line and they've been in absolutely peak condition you look in really good shape now how, how have you found it? Is, is Greg sort of putting you through the mill? Yeah I had Greg um probably 10 years ago what I just so I knew what I was getting into um, I, knew, I knew he was going to absolutely get stuck into me in the pre-season and you know when you're on the other side of 30 sometimes get away with a few things and, and they might put you into a bit of a 30s club and we had a bit of a laugh on the first day uh, Craig came up to me and said the older you get the more you need to do so I've probably done more than anyone at the minute, um, but like um, like you said, I, I feel in great shape. My scores are better than you know they, they've been for years. Um, you know, my Achilles is feeling fantastic, and I'm ready to go. I think you know getting 
through the pre-season is the first thing um, and then making sure that that transfers into the games is the next so I've tick box one and I need to make sure I tick box, tick box two but I couldn't feel in a better place mentally uh, you know because how, how I feel physically at the minute. I think we said before, before we started the interview, rugby league can be quite a sort of parochial sport, can't you? You took a lot of stick in the past from the, from the press and the media. You're 35 years old now, you had a lot of trouble with injuries last season. The, the easy option, probably for you, could have been to retire, but what drives Kevin Brown? Do you still have unfinished business in rugby league? Yeah, do you, do you yeah. still, because I can see, tell by looking at your in your eyes, you've got, you seem to have that yeah, steely yeah. hunger in your eyes. I, I still want to compete. Um, I love game day, I love competing. Um, and I, and I probably find it even a bigger challenge now of, you know, competing at my age where, you know, a lot of people have brought me up and they said I should have retired and uh, a lot of people thought I would retire. Um, so it, it really drives me and it motivates me that, you know, getting in this great shape that I'm in um, and performing at my age, not a lot of people can do it. Um, and like you say, the easy option would have been to retire. Uh, I'm not doing it for money. Um, you know, I've got a really successful business uh, restaurant, and so the, the, the easy thing looking on, on from the outside is just retiring and, and getting into that. But I just love competing. Um, I, I was gutted last year that I didn't get to compete as much as I wanted. Um, I played three games at Lee, which I absolutely loved, and I'd done no training before them, so to get three 80 minutes under the belt um, was, was great for me. You know, moving to a new club, knowing that my, my leg was going to be fine. So uh, I just can't wait to, to play with the lads and you know really get stuck in now and that's what drives me. How does it feel that when you, you've got that long uh, term injury layoff as a rugby league player? Obviously when you when you're working you, you've got a job, it's a totally different matter, but rugby league's your livelihood, you can't play. It must be frustrating sat on the, the sideline watching your teammates and last season you had quite a lot of that, didn't you? Oh I, I think last January was the toughest month of my life. Um, I lost a, a close family member at the start of January. Uh, then I went on pre-season camp and Pricey told me, um, you know, like this season before that, you know, if I play eight games, they renew my contract. Um, and in the pre-season, they signed Gareth Phillips, so he pulled me to one side and said, look, he's, he's come onto the market, he's an international, and, and they couldn't say no, and they were gutted to leave, uh, let me leave, but that was the business and the sport so I had that knock back and then um, you know off the back of that I, I ruptured my Achilles so it were three things in in, uh, in that order and then my wife had a miscarriage so it was a really really tough tough January but I got through it I think that's one of my biggest goals for me so playing them games was massive and I think a few people scratched their head why has he gone to, to Lee and, and Matty Smith's come in and that was purely because they didn't think I'd be fit. Uh, the surgeon had said it takes 12 months, especially at someone my age, so uh, Warrington took me off the cap, they signed Matty Smith and they didn't have no cap space, so when I did get fit, I couldn't play, so I said, look, I've trained too hard and one of my goals was to play, so it didn't matter who far I just needed to go and play and, and Lee said I could go there, so it was great. Um, so I take that goal and, and then my next goal is, is to do really well this year. Do you have a time limit on how long you're going to play for? Are you 35? Are you 35? I'm 35 now. And or are you just going to take each game? I've, I've signed a two year deal and right. um, I, I'll finish when I'm not playing well and I'm not, and see how the I'm not contributing. If I'm not contributing and I've got lots of injuries then I won't just be here to pick up money and um, you know steal a living really. Um, I'm here to play, I'm here, I'm here to play well. 
and, and as soon as I don't feel the love of the game and I, and I don't feel like I can contribute the way I want to contribute, I'll, I'll hang the boots off. You said you've got a successful business. How does Kevin Brown relax outside the sport? What do you get up to in your spare time? You're a golfer or fisherman um, or anything like that? I used to be a golfer, I used to be a fisherman, uh, but yeah, a lot of my times finish training and, and head straight to the, the restaurant and uh, sort squabbles out with my staff. Where's your restaurant then? It's in Pemberton and Wigan, it's right. the main kitchen. Okay. Uh, so we've been open three years now. Uh, we've got 21 staff, so it's gone from a small little cafe to a... Give it a good plug on here and yeah, we'll get you some yeah. more business. <laughs> to, it, to a, a, a big company so but that that keeps me really grounded um, and I see how hard they work you know so when we're running around the field and complaining I think we're very lucky that we get paid what we do for what, what we absolutely do so it's, it's been a really good balance for me. Do you have any match day rituals? Uh, not really no. Or superstitions or anything? No, no no real superstitions they have stuff I do every week um, you know I I like eating the same food because I know my body reacts well to that, but it's not to say, you know, if I didn't have that meal, my head would fall off. I don't wear special underpants. You know, I have a, a game day routine that I've found that helps me perform. I don't have many things mentally going on. Um, I'll get a coffee, you know, um, and that's about it. I'm just going to ask you about coffee. Uh, rugby league players tend to, to like coffee. Years ago it used to be the pub, didn't it? But now it seems to be the coffee shops. Do you have a favourite coffee shop? I mean, I'm a bit of a Starbucks man myself, but well, you brought me to Costa today. Is this your, your favourite coffee um, shop? Yeah, Costa's probably my number two. My number one would be my spot. Right. So we sell coffee as well. Right, so. okay. okay. <laughs> the lean kitchen, I go there often and sit in my office and have ten coffees a day and, and jog home. Nice one, mate. Well, that, well, thank you very much for, for speaking to me, Kevin. All the best for 2020 and, and you know, good luck with your, with your career at Salford. And uh, thanks again for taking thanks time out to come speak to me. No, I appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, thank you very much, mate. Cheers. So, Paul, that was your interview with Kevin Brown. You know, fantastic interview. Gave us lots of insight into his life and what he wants to do at Salford. Yeah, certainly, yeah. And like he said, he's got quite a good business off the field, hasn't he, with his, with his restaurant and what have you as well. He seems to be a, a really switched-on sort of person and you know, respected sort of player. And I think he's had a bit of a rough end of the stick from the, the media and the press and particularly the rugby league public over, over the years. And, you know, he got a bit of um, bad press when he went to Warrington and, you know, people saying, oh, he was gone there to win things and this, that and the other. But I think he's, you know, he's a good guy. He wants to, to win trophies and do well. And he's an ultimate professional. And I think he's a, a good trainer and a good influence to have around the, around the squad. And I think some of the younger lads can, can really learn off his experience. So I think he's, he's going to be very good for us. And he, he's the sort of player we need. We definitely need that general, don't we, to, to lead us around the pitch. And, uh, you know, he, he's the man to do it. He's done it before and I'm sure he can do it again for us. Yeah, it brings a lot of experience, Paul. Was was the main man at Widnes, went to Warrington, you know, won one of a bit of stuff there, you know, the kind of player that, that we kinda of need in our side to keep us at that level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you do, you need you need players with that experience, don't you, to, to to guide you around the pitch and influence those other players and it's all about his combination with Tui Lola here as well, if that's gonna be his half which we're all presuming he's gonna be and I know he's excited to play with Tui and you look at the way he played in those internationals in the autumn, it looks absolutely tremendous against Australia. So if these two click, you know, you're looking at that big pack of forwards that we've got, we could take some stopping, we really could. So it's really going to be, this this, this partnership's going to be the key to our success this season. And if that doesn't click, we, you know, we might be in a bit of trouble. So uh, I don't see any reason why it won't. No, I think Kevin's an excellent player. It's just the injury problems, isn't it? That's what everybody's going to be wary of and, 
you know, people will be saying, is he is he over that now? And you know, he, he said to me he was, and he, he like I said, he looked he looks fitter. I, I saw him training last week, and you know, he looked really sharp, sharper than ever. You know, thirty five years old now, but you know, age is just a number, Rob. If he, if he's fit and you know, you, you don't lose it between the ears, there, And you know, he might not be the quickest guy off the mark anymore, but if he can guide us around that pitch and get other players running off him, I think he'll do really well for us. Yeah, he knows his own body, though, Paul, doesn't he? And if he, if he, yeah, of course, yeah. First, if he thinks he's, you know, got another couple of seasons in him, uh, and he, he knows his team's on the way, it's on the way up. Why, why wouldn't he come? You know, why wouldn't he come? You know, what I mean, obviously, he has well, that, yeah, that, yeah, he has that kind of like. Obviously, we know Jackson Aitens has gone. He has that extra pressure, doesn't he? Of being Jackson Aitens' replacement in a way, but he isn't because Jackson Aitens is a totally different player to Kevin Brown, and people who are going to be looking at Kevin Brown thinking. You know, is he what? Well, Jackson Nation would have done this, and Jackson Nation would have done that. I'm missing the point totally for me. Yeah, well, I, that, I, I had that chat with him before we pressed record in the interview. We, we spoke about things, and we should have recorded that actually. It was quite an interesting conversation. Um, but I more or less said to him, you know, you can't really compare yourself with Jackson because you're two blokes at totally opposite ends of your career. Jackson's just starting his career, whereas Kevin Brown. I don't think he'd, he'd be cross at me saying this. He's, he's at the back end of his career now. He's 35 years old. He's not going to go on forever. So he's in the, the twilight of his career, as you say. So you can't compare the two of them. But rugby league is that sort of sport, Rob, where people will people will say, you know, they'll criticise him next season because he's playing in that same position. So he's got he's got to live up to that. He's, he's taken over from somebody else. But I think he can do I, I think that, that sort of little bit of pressure, I think it'll do him good because... I think he has got a point to prove. He's, he's played at Warrington and, you know, he, he didn't win any trophies there, I don't think. I think they got beat in the, the cup final, didn't they, in the grand final. And he's not really won mega trophies where he's been. So he, he's, he's probably got things and ambitions in the sport that, that he still wants to do. And I think he wants to prove people wrong. You know, the easy option for Kevin could have been to retire. You know, he could have finished, gone and looked after his restaurant. You know, he's, he's doing success. He's got a nice family and, and, and children. So why would he not just go and do that? Because he's obviously hungry to still do something in rugby league and, and do something that he loves. And I think, as he says there, when once his hunger for the game stops, that's when he will retire. So he still really wants to do well. And, you know, Ian Watson will have had this conversation with him. And I think he was very impressed when he spoke to Watson and Bleasy and, uh, you know, what they've sold and the division that they've got to solve. I you know, I, I think the ingredients are there for Kevin to have an excellent season for us. Yeah, and you've put kind of Kevin Brown in the kind of Lee Mossop category where, you know, what is achieved elsewhere to re- to re- to take us to that next level and, you know, go to a grand final may be his, his biggest moment of his career, really, even though it is kind of in the autumn of it. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I mean, you know, uh, we, we've said it before about, about players coming to the South, but we, we've signed quite a, a bunch of a whole bunch of players over the last sort of two years who've who've come to with points to prove really players that haven't been loved at other clubs or lacked a bit of love and they've, they've come to Salford and, and we've sort of as supporters and the coaching staff collectively we've put our arms around them and dusted them off and and, and give them a chance at Salford and, and, and they've took that chance haven't they I mean you've only got to go back to last season with, with Tuilala here he, he was he was poor for Leeds, wasn't he? And things weren't going right. His career was absolutely nose diving. He comes into Salford, Watto puts his arm round him, we sort things out for him, and he's playing absolutely out of his skin and, you know, plays in the Tonga side that beats the world champions Australia. So I think Salford is the club. If you want to resurrect your career, this is where you where you come. And we've got that I mean the, the guys that we've signed, you know, you've only got to look at the, the guys there, Chris Atkin, Luke Yates, um, the big lad Armoride from um, I think he's from Featherstone. 
you know, these are guys that have not really achieved anything yet in the game. I'm not, I don't mean that in a disrespectful sort of way. I mean, it's, it's winning trophies and things like that. And, you know, they've come here to, to do well and, and, and prove themselves. And, and I think that that's a, a dangerous sort of team to have, really. And we did that last season. We saw that people, I think it was Phil Clark, called us a championship side, didn't he? And, you know, that, that, that was his opinion. But that side collectively came together. And, you know, I said it in my preview, unity is powerful, Rob. Very, very powerful. And if you've got a United squad of players that want to do well and they all believe in the same thing, I mean, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you've not got, got that unity and that belief and that connection, you're not going to get anywhere. I think belief is the big word, Paul, because that's what carried us, um, you know, into that grand final. Belief that, you know, we were going to win it, and it was our moment, it was our year, and that, and that's what I thought was was the moment for us, really. Uh, and if we can build on that and recreate that belief this year, then you know, who knows what, what we can do? We can do it all again, I reckon. Well, yeah, it is, and we've said it loads of times, haven't we? When we've had a chat, when we've been in the car together, or we've been having a drink, or we've been doing. You know stuff off off the podcast, and you laugh at me when I say it's about sport being played in the head, and and so much of it is psychological, and it was for Salford last season. I mean, the, the, without being disrespectful to our team, some of those players in there you wouldn't say they were the, the, the best players individually in the in the Super League in that that very own position, but if you're playing well and your your mind switched on, and and you're in a good place mentally. And things are going well off the pitch. Things are going well on the pitch. You're getting on with your colleagues and that. That can take you a hell of a long way, can't it? And, you know, if we can do that again this season, everybody's happy and everybody's buying into things. You start winning matches, don't you? We saw that last year. We went on that mad run, didn't we? And winning becomes a habit. And, you know, let, let's let's hope we can get onto that again. And, and I believe we can. I think we've got the right sort of players, the right work ethic to do that. And um, I think we're going to be really dangerous again. And the experience of, of riding that, Roller yeah, coaster, yeah. Which, which which puts us in a good place, really, because obviously sometimes you don't have that experience. You freeze on the occasion. Now we've got to the the big the big dance. The the players know what they have to do to get there. Which is we certainly which do. Thing we've yeah. never been we've never been in a position where we always think, have we got it? Can you know? Can we do it? And the boys know we can. They've done it. So it's just a matter yeah. of finding you know that that zone, like we spoke about previously, staying in the zone for as long as you can. Because that's what gets us to a to a grand final or a, or a challenge cup final, and then going up a gear to win it. Yeah, and I think on this, the other side of the coin, there, like you say, if you've got to a grand final like some of those lads did last season, especially the the younger guys as well, if you've experienced and you've tasted that 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 grand final that week leading up to it and all the stuff that comes with it, you're desperate then to to go and to go and do that again. Um, I think it's like anything with sport, things like that will become addictive, won't they? You, you'll really want to get that buzz again in, in your life and in, in your sort of sort of mind. You'll want it again, won't you? And those players will be thinking that, you know, when they go into tough at Wakefield on a Sunday afternoon when you, your backs are against the wall, you'll think about that time at Old Trafford. I want to get back there and, and do that. So let's let's just put that extra bit of effort in. And, you know, that, 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 that experience last season in the, in the grand final, and not showing the grand final, the playoffs as well, that intensity. It's going to be a big, big bonus for us, I think, next year. Yeah, obviously, you know, neither of us are rugby league coaches, are we, Paul? But do, do you see us changing our style of play because of the loss of of uh, Jackson Hastings and the loss of George Griffin and Josh Jones? Does do, do you think Ian Watson might change his style to to accommodate the new players like Ike A4 and Lee, and Luke Yates and, and Dan Sargentson, or? Will he will he continue with what what works well, which is our graft and and quality to make the difference? 
Well, no, I think I think they'll continue with uh, the sort of play we've got. We've still got some, you know, despite the the, the players we've lost. I mean, you know, Josh Jones going to be a big miss, isn't it? Jack Stains is going to be a big miss. George Griffiths going to be a big miss. Uh, Jake Bibby as well. But the the guys you brought in, you know, Dan Sargent is no mug. He's he's an experienced sort of player, and you, I mean, I'd say it's difficult to say he dams it a different level to, to Jake really but a similar sort of player similar sort of position and I don't think Dan's a worse player than Jake Bibby so why why not why, why are you going to change your style of play I think you'll, you'll, you'll keep that and I mean some of the players we brought in you know, they're experienced players aren't they and like we said before some of them aren't so much some of them are like the Armoroy the lad from Featherstone and Connor Jones from Featherstone they're not really that experienced they've, they've played at Super League clubs but they've not had loads of game time there but um, they'll, they'll be looking to, to prove themselves so I don't think we'll, we'll change the style of play you, you might see certain things change but I think what will be it'll be building it on hard graft I think it'll be built on good defensive work and all working for each other I don't think there'll be any big egos in there I think it'll be players you know getting the, the nuts down but you, you've got the likes of Kristen Inu there who's you know he can do some crazy things can't he and some, some really skillful stuff and you've got Naya Levels who, who can do who do the, the the really technical stuff as well? So I wouldn't think we we change the style of play, Rob. I think we'll be we'll be very hard working again like we were last year, and we've still got some really quality players there as well. Though mm. I think for me, there's, there's two things for me, Paul. Really, the first thing is because we've lost Griffin and we lost Jones, you're losing people who made big tackles, big big numbers. George Griffin was making 30, 40 tackles a game, weren't they? So if you take him out. You've either got to bring someone in who does forty tackles a game, or you've got to share the share the workload, really. Uh, but then you think if Griffin's gone, you brought Icky A four in. He's more built for power and you know rampaging runs in it. So are they is he, are they looking more of a you know rough rough and ready sort of attacking play rather than somebody who's going to do a load of tackling to keep him out? That's the first the first thing. But then the second thing is. I think it's the left side of our defence. Bibby's gone, Hastings has gone, Jones has gone. So it's a complete left side of our defence rebuild there, which is a bit a bit of a concern. But I'm sure after a few weeks they'll 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 be able to get themselves together. Um, but that well, what Ian Watson knew that was going to happen. He knew that Bibby and Hastings and Jones were all going a long time into last last season, didn't he? So he's had chance to plan for that, hasn't it? So yeah. you're hoping, like I say, it's only, it's only two things that, you know, you th- I don't think it's like the end of the world, don't get me wrong, but I'm just thinking how, how, how is Ian Watson going to counter them, them two uh, situations he finds himself in? Yeah, I think you might be right there, Rob, but it's like anything, isn't it? When players move on, you're, you're always going to have little problems like that where you've got to got to tune things up and, and in, in these pre-season games that's that's when we're going to be a bit I see these things aren't we that's something I'll be looking out for I know you've highlighted that that left side of the defence I mean, I'm sure that's something that will get ironed out in, in pre-season and in, in the early fixture as well because don't don't forget other clubs are going to have these problems as well other clubs have signed players you look at OK I think they've signed about 12 players haven't they it's going to take them time to, to bed people in and, and sort things out and other clubs are going to have exactly the same things as those new combinations and and what have you look at Leeds they've signed two new half-backs something Rob Louis and, and Luke Gale how long is that, that going to take them to settle so I think looking at I don't think we've had 
major wholesale, wholesale changes, have we? We have. I've got some sort of players moving in, but the sort of the spine of the squad, apart from Hastings, is going to be pretty similar to what it was last season. Your fullback's going to be the same. Your standoff Lollaree is going to be the same. You've got Joey Lussick there, who I think sometimes Joey goes under the radar. I think he did an awful lot of good things last season and was probably unlucky to not, you know, get an award himself in that league at Express Pool for, for best newcomer. And I thought he was was excellent last season. So, uh, so the, the spine of our size will be pretty similar to what it was last year, last yeah. season. And also, you've got Paulie Paulie coming in as well. So he's a big unit, isn't he? As well as yeah. Icaray for you've got uh, Adam Walker as well. He's he's a he's a monster forward as well. So is is there? You say is there a slight shift? But then you've got Lee Mossop and Gil Dudson who are quite mobile, aren't they? When it yeah. Comes to forwards and Josh Johnson as well. So you know maybe Ian Watson thinks you know I've got more options now to play different styles in games that need to be played rather than sticking to one style against everybody. Yeah, I think just looking at the pack, I've looked at the pack a few times and it's been wrote down on paper and I thought, it's good and, and, and players are going to miss out there, aren't they? You look at the quality they've got in the pack, you know, they're not all going to get a game every week, so uh, you know, there's going to be real competition for places there. You look at the, the number 13, you've got sort of Luke Yates, who can play loose forward, Matt Flanagan, uh, Tyrell McCarthy, so you've got three players there that I've named off the top of my head that are all going to be going for that. Greg Burke as well, who's played at loose forward. So there is a, there is real competition with places there in that pack, and it's it's going to be interesting to see who, who that starting pack is going to be against uh, against St. Helens. Yeah, obviously looking at 2020, Paul, expectation levels. Considering we've got to a grand final at Old Trafford, where where are we when it comes to expectation levels? Are we thinking got to Old Trafford, let's go win it this year, or are we thinking let's not do a 2006 and go down? Where where are you in the in the spectrum of, of uh, expectation levels for 2020? Me personally, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't go out there and be bold and say yeah, let's go and win the grand final because I'm not that daft. Um, <laughs> or not daft's the wrong word. Not that naive really because it's a tough sport rugby league and I know there's other clubs that have signed players and clubs that have probably spent an awful lot more money than us. Um, so it's going to be difficult but I'd like to say we're good enough to finish in the top five I think you know in that, that top five there has got to be our aim now this season I mean if you're Ian Watson what, what do you do do you, do you set a target or do you just take each game as it comes I've always been that sort of person when I watch so I just go week by week I don't go setting like daft things and I think it's just a, a case of taking each game as it comes I know it's an old cliche but I'm just I'm very cautious like that but I'd be I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say top five, Rob. I mean, I've never really, for me, when I've, when I've watched that's probably the highest I've ever sort of aimed for at the start of the season. It's normally just, you know, let's finish mid-table and have a good cup run. But I'd like to see, say, top five with, with the players that we've got. And look at some of the other sides. I look at their squads and think, we're just as good as them, if not better. So, yeah, I'd, I'd settle for top five. And anything after that, you know, we'll just go for it then, don't we? Yeah, this club, Paul, needs playoff football. So I think, Playoff football is, is, and the top half of playoff football is where we need to be if we are to continue on this this uh, journey, on this roller coaster ride that we're on. That we're on. Got to a grand final last year because the stars aligned and the players believed in themselves enough to get over the get over the line and get us to the promised land. The players know that what they have to do to get there now. Uh, it's going to be more difficult because more teams know what we're about now, and we have to probably adapt our style a little bit to. To out outthink these teams to, to get a result, but I can't. I can really see us finishing, like you said, top five, top six, maybe getting the playoffs 
and, and, and build from there. Because that's what we need. We need a successful four or five years of, of player football. Last year helped massively because we got to a grand final. And I think, you know, it jumped us forward maybe two and three years getting there because our profile grew and the whole city got behind us. Does that does that add that little bit of pressure? Because a lot of people outside our bubble now, now know we exist and now are interested. So will they when will they join the fun and, and come and watch us at the AJ Bell Stadium? I think they will, Paul, because a lot of people who I, I work with and I know have actually got season tickets off the back of us winning uh, the grand final, which is a great thing. Um, but that might add a little bit of pressure because these, these people might think, well, it's like this every week. Once they bought a season ticket, though, Robbie tied him for the season. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. There'll be crap. No, they'll have to stay with it, won't they? But <laughs> yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think it does add to the pressure, doesn't it? I mean, um, your expectation levels are bound to go up, aren't they? Because, you know, once you, you get to a grand final and that, people people sort of are expecting it now, aren't they? You, you, your profile's raised, isn't You've seen you get there and, you know, not everybody, This I don't want to sound rude here, but not everybody's sort of, experienced years with Salford of disappointments and that so that sort of newer people won't remember the, the dark days they'll only sort of remember this this season won't they, if you're a new supporter so you don't really think about the old Salford do you so they're, 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 you know if we were to have a poor sort of season it, it does have that bit of pressure but I, th- I think that comes with anything doesn't it once you've you've tasted that bit of success you, you, you do want to kick on don't you like you said there I think the minimum aim has got to be for that for that top five hasn't it? otherwise you what are you going back to, to mediocrity, aren't you? And it's like we said before about the Warrington and Castleford models. They've done it on a consistent basis for a number of years, haven't they? And, and, and pushed on. And I think, I think we've got to do that now. I think, like I said before, a lot of it, I think, is in the head. I think if we can, you know, psychologically, you know, turn in a bit of consist- consistency is the key. Consistency and and the big one as well. We've not mentioned, um, and we'll mention it, you know, as weeks go on, is, is the injuries. We've not got a massive squad, have we? And I, I don't think we were lucky with injuries last season. I think we've got an amazing medical team that, that kept us going. Um, and, and let's hope, you know, fingers crossed, we don't get major injuries again this time because if we do, we could be backs against the wall because we've not got a lot to fall back on like other clubs. I know we, we say we've got a reserve side now, but I don't know who we're going to put in this reserve side because we've not really got a massive squad. We've got a foundation team, but they're only young kids, aren't you? You're asking a lot of them. You look at other clubs, they've got academies, they've got, you know, a big pool of 40 players to choose from. So, you know, that that's something else that's got to be on our side this season. It's, it's going to be tough with, with the squad that we've got, but no expectations are bound to be, to be raised. And, you know, I'm expecting us to do well. And, and I think we will. I don't think we'll disappoint. No, I, I don't think we will, Paul. I think, like I say, people are excited about it. The players are excited about it. And this, the journey doesn't end at Old Trafford. It, it, it carries on for me. It's not, yeah, we got to a grand final uh, and... It's not the end. That's not the end of the journey. That this is, this is the just the next step on the destination where we're going. You know, and that's the important thing. I think a lot of people, I'm hoping a lot of people aren't thinking, oh yeah, I got to Old Trafford. That's it. Good night, Vienna. We start again because it's not. It's not like that. This club is is on an upward curve, um, and that's where we're. That's where we're going. Yeah, I hope so, Rob. I do hope so. I mean. Like you said, I didn't expect us to, to get to the grand final scene. So perhaps we are a couple of years in front of where we wanted to be. I mean, if you ask the people at the club, they probably envisage us maybe getting somewhere towards the grand final in a few years' time because you talk about these five-year models and things like that. So we've probably jumped a few years now, haven't we? But um, 
But no, it, it just shows you you can do it. I mean, I've, I've seen people say, oh, the, the league wasn't as good last season, such a team were rubbish and these didn't play well. I think that's a load of bunkum. I think sides were good last season and we were one of them. We were one of the good sides. We played some excellent rugby. We had some fantastic wins. I mean, you've only got to look back at the games we won away from home like, as a whole. You know, we went to um, Wigan in the playoff game, didn't we, as well? We beat Warrington away twice. Some fantastic performances. So let's see if we can emulate that again this season. I know, like we said before, we lost some big names, but we've got some good players coming in. And I think we've got the ingredients there to, to cause the teams an awful lot of problems. It's going to be exciting, Paul, when we're going to be covering it every week on the on the podcast. <coughs> yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Can't wait. Yeah, so that was the end of this week's uh, Devil and Detail. Well, this uh, this part of the Devil and Detail podcast. Quite enjoyed the last two episodes, Paul. Talking all things Soul Red Devils. Yeah, it's good to be back, isn't it, Rob? I've missed it. I know we've done a couple of little pop-ups here and there, haven't we? But I'm really looking forward to getting our teeth into the season now and... Uh, you know, it's exciting that we get to go and cover our our, our team every every week and I really enjoy doing it. So, yeah, I'm really excited for the season. Though. Yeah, big thanks for tuning in to this week's uh, podcast. I've Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil and Etel SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in a couple of days.